Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Me, Myself, and I podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for this episode. Alex, what book are we going to tackle today? Well, we're going to do a book by the man, our guy, Clive Staples Lewis. We're going to do Screw Tape Letters, which is such a good fictional book, Matthew, that a lot of people don't even realize it's a fictional book. Yes, Lewis does a remarkable job in this book of drawing out truth in such a way that, yeah, sometimes you do forget. It is a, just a fictional story. But for those of who haven't read Screw Tape Letters, Alex, what is what is a summary of the book? So Screw Tape Letters gives us a little insight into some correspondence from hell. It chronicles the letter writing of Screwtape, who's a senior tempter and uh, an undersecretary in hell. And he's giving advice to his nephew, Wormwood, who's a junior tempter, just starting out in the tempting people business. And one of the unique things about the story is that we get all of Screwtape's letters to Wormwood, but we don't get to read any of Wormwood's correspondence back, even though it makes it clear that there are letters coming back, which is a unique way of doing it. Yeah, Lewis communicates in a very unique way in this book, kind of a older, more experienced devil to a younger devil. It's really an interesting book. What What is the, the content that Screwtape mainly communicates to his nephew, Wormwood? Screwtape is coaching his nephew how to fill his patient's mind with certain things and keeping other things out. I think in one place he says that people think of devil's business as filling people's minds when he says a lot of their business is actually keeping things out, uh, which makes sense. So he addresses a whole bunch of topics, prayer, uh, love and marriage, church, friends, pleasure, uh, and the influence of the enemy, who's God, all from a hellish point of view. So this is a very unique way of storytelling. Yeah, it is a very unique way. And in this fictional book, Lewis does carry his character through various life stages, living with his mother, being a Christian, falling in love. During a time of war, this book takes place through the fictional lifespan of Wormwood's character or patient, as Lewis would say. But as we dig a little deeper into this book, what are the themes that are addressed, that Lewis addresses or that Screwtape addresses as he coaches Wormwood? One of the most incredible things about the book is that C.S. Lewis uses this medium of the, the communication of demons, which is something he doesn't know a whole lot about. None of us really know a whole lot about demons, mm -hmm. but he uses that to tell us about something that he does know a lot about, which is people. And so this medium is kind of a backdoor way to give insight into how people work and how they function, how we think about ourselves, the, the, the foolish ways we think about ourselves, our sinful patterns of thinking. And C.S. Lewis just does that brilliantly all through this roundabout way by talking about demons in the correspondence. You go in thinking, oh, I'm going to read a book about demons, and you realize a lot of true things about yourself. Yeah. Screwtape Letters really is a book about people. And I think one of the, the valuable reasons to read the book is that you are able to see things about yourself in maybe a different light. As Alex says, you may think that you're going in reading a book about demons, but ultimately it is a book about people and about sin and about natural patterns of fallen human beings. But what what exact patterns does Screwtape address or how does he how does he give enlightenment to who people are, what people experience? Yeah, he hits on a lot of great themes. He hits on perspective quite a bit. The way that people see things, the way that God sees them, the way that people see them, and the way that the demons 
see them and just how much of their work, as Lewis chronicles it, is them trying to shift humans' perspective from the right perspective, uh, you could say the heavenly perspective, to the wrong perspective. Uh, There's a quote in there where he says, there's nothing like suspense and anxiety for barricading a human's mind against the enemy. He wants men to be concerned with what they do. Our business is to keep them thinking about what will happen to them. So you can see there's there's a way God wants us to think, and then they're trying to basically do the opposite of that, undo that. Pleasure is another one of the themes that I think uh, one is in the wheelhouse of C.S. Lewis. I think mm-hmm. he's very good, very insightful, very helpful. Talking about pleasure in general in this book is no exception to that. Uh, one of the things that Screwtape says, you can see almost a, a devilish kind of honesty yeah. as he's admitting some of the things that demons don't know and can't do. Mm-hmm. He says that basically every pleasure, every joy has to be twisted before it's of any use to us. Yeah. They don't make anything. They don't create anything. And all of those things have to be twisted by... Satan or by devils before they can before they can use them because everything that's created is created by God and it's created with a good purpose and for good and for God's glory and so those things have to be twisted and he also just chronicles the life of one of his patients who comes to the end and says I now see that I spent most of my life doing neither what I ought nor what I liked so it gets him in this position where he's not he's not living in joy he's not mm-hmm. living in pleasure because actually ultimately Obviously, we're deceived in what we want in terms of pleasure, but ultimately pleasure is something that's derived from God and living a life to the glory of God is the most pleasing life that you can live. And so you can see Wormwood and Screwtape fighting against that, basically trying to, ultimately, they don't want people to have pleasure. They use pleasure as kind of a bait and switch Mm -hmm. uh, to get people. But ultimately, pleasure is something that comes from God. They don't want them, they absolutely do not want them to experience joy. For happiness. Yeah, Lewis does a great job in this book addressing that, as he does in some of his other works. We see that in Mere Christianity of well, as well, just the idea that pleasure is ultimately found in God and that the, the devil is trying to twist God-given pleasures, God-given desires. As we move on, what, what are some of the other themes that Screwtape continues to address in this book? One of my favorite ones is the way that he talks about time and just how we can tend to view time. He has a quote that's pretty convicting for me. I can find Mm -hmm. myself guilty of this. He says that the man can neither make nor retain one moment at a time. It all comes to him by a pure gift. He might as well regard the sun and moon as his chattels. He is also in theory committed to a total service of the enemy. And if the enemy appealed to him in bodily form and demanded that total service for even one day, he would not refuse. So just how we can we can see time as something that belongs to us, something that is ours. And just how the screw tape is encouraging Wormwood to foster that perspective because it's a wrong perspective. Time doesn't belong to us. Mm-hmm. We don't own time. He also talks about love and just how much work they've done to basically twist the the perception and the definition of love in our current day and age. Obviously, this was written in the 1940s, but you can just see basically the continuing of that trajectory today. He says, we have done this through the poets and the novelists by persuading the humans that a curious and usually short-lived which they feeling, which they call being in love, is the only respectable ground for marriage. And that an absence of that is basically a marriage that isn't even worth <laughs> functioning, mm-hmm. which is a thought that you totally see in our day and age that's continued yeah. on. Absolutely. And kind of as we as we discussed in the pleasure side of things, Lewis does a great job of of pointing out how 
the devil is apt to twist things that are good. And here we see that in love, you know, this idea that feeling in love or the feeling is, you know, the main reason to love somebody is a twisting of what God actually meant for us. What else does, uh, does Screwtape address? He also talks about joy. Joy, again, is another C.S. Lewis theme. It's something he uses more broadly, I think, to encompass a lot of things. But here where Screwtape is talking about how they really don't want joy in itself. Joy in itself is not of any use to them. He says, fun is closely related to joy, a sort of emotional froth arising from the play instinct. It is of very little use to us. It can sometimes be used, of course, to divert humans from something else, which the enemy would like them to be feeling or doing, but it in itself has wholly undesirable tendencies. It promotes charity, courage, contentment, and many other evils. And so you can see again how C.S. Lewis uses this backwards perspective, this upside down way of viewing things to show us the right side up way of viewing Mm -hmm. things, which is uh, just really amazing how he does that. Yeah. I think one thing that Lewis is trying to point out, I think in all of these themes is that the enemy really seeks to dampen the experience of life. And I think that's something that Lewis does a very, a very good job of trying to convey that, you know, the sinful life is not truly the pleasurable life, that the selfish marriage is not the fruitful one that joy is really found in giving of oneself as opposed to taking. And I think Lewis does that in a very powerful way here in this book, as Alex said, he kind of shows us the the upside down version in order to show us what's what's actually right. Right. And and I think we can see too that like we said, it it sometimes you forget that this is a fictional book. And I think that's just a sense of how well this book deals with some of those existential questions. We talked about that some of the beginning episodes of this podcast, that's what we want to get to. That's the value of literature. It deals with those questions. And again, this is a fictional conversation. We don't know what kind of conversations Mm -hmm. demons have, but just the way that he brings us in, it wrestles with some of those big questions. Again, we talked about when we did the Pride and Prejudice episode that people have not changed. And it's one of the reasons why we can benefit so much from literature. And you see that here too as well, right? This was written to people in the 1940s. And if people haven't changed since 1820, they certainly haven't changed since 1940. And I just find myself identifying with and seeing so many things that are in my own life in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as as we addressed, obviously, this is a, a fictional book and Lewis does present some things in the in the underworld that we certainly do not know to be true. But as far as the content of the book, what is Lewis hitting at that is true? you know, barring some of the, the fictional play-ins or, or write-ons, what, what does Lewis address that is actually true? He hits on this reality of a spiritual world and a spiritual war, which I think is something that people either lean into in an unhealthy way, or I think are resistant to the whole idea of, we have this assumption in our society that the things that are seen are the most important and the most relevant to us. And that is not a biblical assumption. We see from scripture that it's things that are, that are unseen have more eternal value. And there's a lot that we can't see. There's a whole other perspective that we mm-hmm. don't have. And I think Lewis hits on that. I know one of your favorite parts is how he just talks about in the beginning, how, how people view the devil and one of two ditches we can kind of find, fall into either this extreme fascination with the devil or just an indifference and an unbelief and one of Lewis's thoughts is basically that Satan's equally happy with either of those. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and just something that I might want to throw in here, I think for a lot of people, you know, a book about demons might not interest you. It may not be the the lightest read, and this may not be our lightest podcast, but this book does still have some very great truths that Lewis does a phenomenal job of conveying in a way that's understandable, in a way that in a sense is enjoyable to read. It's kind of weird to say that about a book about demons, but there is a, you know, it is a well-written book. There is some some joy in reading it. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that C.S. Lewis is best at is tracing a line of thinking that people have. And I think he just does that tremendously in this in this book. And he just helps us to see, again, through the medium of screw tape and wormwood, how our selfishness and our fallen nature, which again, folks, is something we're going to hammer again and again. It's a It's a theme that we see in classical literature that seeing that human beings are flawed and fallen is a common undercurrent. And I think a really important one of viewing people rightly and then understanding how you can benefit and learn from that. So C.S. Lewis brings out how our selfishness and fallen nature, it leads us to view things in a way that's sometimes ridiculous. And sometimes we can only see how ridiculous it is if someone else sets it before you and says, Mm -hmm. this is how you're thinking and it's ridiculous. And Lewis does that so well with how we view ourselves, how we view our relationships, how we view our time, how we view our money and things like that. He just draws that out in such an awesome way. Yeah, I think one of the major themes that Lewis is able to highlight in this book is our ability to deceive ourselves. And I think that's that's a powerful theme in Screwtape Letters, you know, whether that's marriage, relationship, time, pleasure. Humans are apt to deceive themselves and he kind of highlights that when Screwtape is talking. Screwtape is pointing out to Wormwood that, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of keeping things out of out of our mind and humans are apt to deceive themselves, to believe things that are not true about who we are, about who God is. And I think I think Lewis does a great job of highlighting that in this book. Um, are there any other truths to the book that you'd like to to highlight? Just along with that, I think you're so right there and also hitting on, we can sometimes see the enemy as the originator of all the bad things. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that Lewis highlights here that is true is that a lot of their work, not all of it, but a lot of it is prompting on things that are in our own fallen nature. Mm-hmm. We can't blame every bad thing, every sin on the devil. The devil made me do it, not taking any responsibility. The devil obviously is is evil and he has those purposes. But I think one of the things Lewis draws out so well is that we don't need a lot of help being yeah. fallen because we're already fallen people. So screw tape and wormwood are in the process of just egging people on, mm-hmm. just helping them tumble down the path. Yeah. I think one of my personal favorite quotes from the book that I think in a way sums up kind of what you were saying is that screw tape says that the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle underslope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. And I think what what Screwtape is highlighting there is that, yeah, humans will already be on that path. And so it's really a matter of, as you said, fostering the sin that is already in our hearts naturally. And that it's not necessarily a, a strong work of the devil that, that always leads men down the path of sinfulness that, that is already in our hearts. So... Why why do we read this book, Alex? Why 
why is screw tape letters a classic? It's obviously not quite as old as some of the other books that we've addressed. Why does it why does it make it into this category? Well, we have welcomed it in to the classic book canon that we're dealing with on this podcast. And it's obviously because there are demons everywhere. And we're going to face them, so we might as well read about them. But I think some of the things we've already hit on, just C.S. Lewis's ability, and I would say he pinpoints with such accuracy what it means to be a human being. And he really has a way of identifying things that are a universal part of human experience that, that anyone could look at and say, yes, I <laughs> I deal with that on some level. It may not be on every level. It may not be your primary struggle or, or something you see often in your life, but enough where you identify with that. C.S. Lewis does that in such such an incredible way. He just has a way of putting his finger on the issues and on the questions. And that's something that can benefit anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anybody can look at that and understand how how their thinking needs to change, how their actions need to change. And C.S. Lewis does that in such a such a incredible way. And just one of the things I would add to on the end of that is that sometimes it takes an outside perspective to give us insight into our lives and the way that we think. And that is just another reason to read classic literature, because sometimes it gives us that outside perspective on the way that we think, the way that we view ourselves. Sometimes if you see it in another character, you see it when you're reading about the patient or the patient's mother or the priest or anything like that, the way we think of people that we go to church with. Mm-hmm. And that outside perspective where you're able to kind of sit outside yourself and look at some of your actions and patterns of thinking from a wise perspective. I think it's part of why the proverb says there's there's in an abundance of counselors, there's there's wisdom and there's safety there because you're getting so much perspective, especially from someone who we would consider to be wise and and biblical in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think screw tape in particular provides a perspective that certainly not many other books do. I don't know. I don't know how many other books address the the exact writings of a devil or an older devil to a younger devil. Um, I think it's a pretty original idea. I think Lewis adds a uh, a very unique perspective to the book, and he combines fiction and spiritual truth in, in an extremely effective way in this book. And that's that's a compelling. A compelling book to read. Is there any devilish correspondence in the Left Behind series? Maybe that's... I don't know. Either. We'll now have to dig through and see who else has come across any uh, any devilish correspondence. I've only read one out of the 256 books of the Left Behind series, so maybe it's in there well, somewhere. Well, devilish correspondence sounds like it's got to be in there somewhere. Also, quite a phrase, devilish correspondence. I don't know. It seems like that should be deemed something else we should... Uh, it's the DC, the devilish correspondence. The good old devilish correspondence. Good old DevCore. So, well, moving on, Matthew, we always like to hand out awards. Again, people get on us for being negative, but we give out prizes on the Me, My Shelf, and I podcast, and we've got some awards to give out today. Yes. Now, if you look at all of our awards, I, I guess I could see the negative, the negative side of things. We're giving out a cringe award, a doom and gloom award, and an insult award, so... I mean, I guess it is slightly on the negative side now that I look at them. 
But if it's a Jane Austen insult, it's definitely a positive. It's almost a privilege to get it a almost Jane Austen is. insult. Yeah. Uh, if if you receive a Jane Austen insult, you should just smile. I mean, that's just a great piece of literature right there. All right. Well, we will start off at the top. The Mr. Collins Cringe Award, which happens to be the oldest running Me, Myself, and I Award. Congrats to Mr. Collins. Alex, who takes the Mr. Collins Cringe Award? Well, we discussed this. We hashed it out. And in the end, I think we decided it was too close to call. There are two prime candidates for the Mr. Collins Cringe Award. Again, we'll see as we go through these classic books. Sometimes it's a, a, it's a certainty. Sometimes it's a close race. And this one is a close race between the patient's mother, who is like nails on a chalkboard to me so many times when he describes her sin of gluttony, which is basically Mm -hmm. wanting just the exact right amount of everything, uh, not necessarily too much of everything, but just needing to have everything exactly the way that she wants it, which I think is a really good insight by the way of C.S. Lewis of really what the spirit of the sin of gluttony is, Mm -hmm. but it is so cringeworthy. She is cringy. She really is. She's passive aggressive. She's Mm -hmm. manipulative. She's got all the tools in her tool bag. But it's a testimony to Father Spike that he even gets in. He hangs in in there. He hangs in there. And with less less space in the book, even, Father Spike weaves his way in there. Yeah. I mean, he's the, the shocking youth pastor before shocking youth pastors were cool. Just saying things, out there things to try to shock people. Being a unbelieving priest mm-hmm. whose sole purpose seems to be to generate waves. And that is very cringeworthy in itself. Yeah. And I don't know if skinny jeans were around in the 1940s. However, I wholeheartedly believe that Father Spike would have been a skinny jean wearer. Skinny jean the mullet. Which in itself deserves a cringe. Just in that that word picture alone. All right, our second award for the for the podcast is the Eeyore Doom and Gloom Award, which just it's a it's a highlight, really. You know, if you have a character who is consistently doom and gloom, sometimes they're they're one of the better characters of the book. Alex, who is our Doom and Gloom Award winner? Well, this one is a walk in the park because screw tape laps the field in this regard. I don't know how you can turn yourself into some sort of caterpillar mm. insect beast while dictating a letter and, and not win that you are doom and gloom mm-hmm. or, and he, he is pretty doom and gloom. I think he sees the writing on the wall as far as the future of, of demons. And of course the eventual triumph of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. And He's not super happy about it. And he no. kind of takes it out on Wormwood a little bit, he I would say. He kind of does. Poor Wormwood, you know. Catching strays. Those poor young demons. Yeah, Screwtape is continually, continually down on his luck. It just, he's a sad devil. He could probably swap stories with Victor Frankenstein like nobody's business. I probably could. At least, yeah, Frankenstein is not, it's not quite the devil, but Screwtape certainly, uh, Pretty bad. Down on his luck. All right. And finally, our third and final award of the podcast, the Jane Austen Literary Insult Award. Alex, what was our line that we came up with for this award? Well, C.S. Lewis, like Jane Austen, is a very witty narrator. You definitely get that sense when you read the Chronicles of Narnia and some of his other works. And so it's no surprise that he has some zingers in his 
in his collection. And one of the ones he brings out about the patient's mother is an absolute classic. He says, she's the sort of woman who lives for others. You can tell the others by their hunted expression, which is just a nice little, nice little jab in there. Mm -hmm. And And I think that really certifies her award as the cringe, you know, that, that line right there just sums up her character. Yeah. I mean, have you ever met someone who just is so anxious to quote unquote help other people that you feel like you have to, you feel hunted. So sums up the patient's mother. Who's never named, by the way. Another another really interesting interesting thing in Screwtape Letters that there really aren't any people that are named, I think, except for Father Spike, which is fascinating. And Wormwood and Screwtape, obviously. I didn't catch that. That is interesting. So... Alrighty, folks. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Me, My Shelf, and I podcast. We're so glad that you were able to join us, and we hope to have you listen again soon. Tune in next for a positive review of a children's book. Again, we will praise something on this podcast, which we do occasionally. It may sound unbelievable, but we hope you will tune in to see, and we hope we do not disappoint with something positive. Thanks, folks. Have a good one. Ciao.